AgriTalk is brought to you by Full Scale from Helena. Grow Strong returns this season with breakthrough foliar nutrition from Full Scale at Reproduction. And by Propane. Propane is the energy for everyone, especially farmers. Environmentally friendly propane can fuel most anything on the farm. See how at propane.com. USDA report day for the livestock markets, cattle on feed, cold storage, and the quarterly hogs and pigs report were just released. We'll get a snapshot analysis of the data. And let's talk about a week that saw the gray markets mostly on the defensive. What will it take to lock in that contract low in corn? Live, loading the ag infotainment holiday sleigh via Farm Journal broadcast. This is AgriTalk. This afternoon, we'll talk with Rich Nelson from Allendale. I'm handsome newsman Davis Michelson. Now, welcome the host of AgriTalk, Chip Flory. All right, Davis. Here we are, man. We are staring a three-day holiday weekend straight in the face. Absolutely, we are. Merry Christmas, buddy. You gonna you gonna fit a sleigh ride in at some point this year, maybe? A sleigh ride? A sleigh ride? A sleigh ride. Yeah. Um, that's gonna be pretty rough going with the amount of snow that we've got on the ground. Yeah, yeah. I wondered how you were gonna do that. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, it will definitely take some horsepower of one sort or another mm-hmm. to make a sleigh ride happen this year. Yeah. How about maybe, you? Maybe just ride the horse. Is kind of what I'm thinking. <laughs> you know, forget the sleigh. <laughs> just get on him. See how oh, that goes. I love it. I love it. Love it, love it, love it. So uh, what are you looking most forward to here, bud? Um, you know, to be honest, it's been a very busy, like, month and a half for yeah. me. Maybe two yeah. months. Yeah. I'm looking forward to just being absolutely worthless and having no one expect cool. any more than that of cool. me. for cool. At least for a, a short time during Good. this the holiday season. Good. Good, good, good. I don't know <laughs> I exact. I don't know how exactly how this is going to happen, but mm-hmm. somehow, some way, mm-hmm. I over the course of the next three days. Yes, I am going to have one delicious piece of pecan pie. Just the one. Oh yeah, yeah. But I got to well, have at least one. Okay. Is it at least yeah. a double sized slice? Well, you know, yeah. That's the thing. You can mm-hmm. have just one if the one is big enough. <laughs> it's all about portion control, isn't it? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Welcome to AgriTalk. I'm Chip. That is Davis. Uh, boy, the grain market's really just... We, we ended up with some higher prices in the soy complex. Soybean oil was under pressure. Beans and meal traded to the upside. Corn was just fractionally higher. Mixed trade in the wheat market. And then uh, some positioning in the livestock trade ahead of the hogs and pigs and the cattle on feed report that were just released. We will have the details of that for you here in just a little bit. I'll tell you right now, just my cursory look at the numbers. Mm -hmm. Um, The placement number in November came in above trade expectations. It was down 1.94%. The trade was looking for a 3.8% decline. And then marketing's, get this, marketing's down 7.4% in November. The trade was looking for a 6.7%. So all in all, that might have been a little bit negative. The inventory number 2.68, the inventory, feedlot inventory on December 1, uh, 
up 2.68% from a year ago. The trade was looking for a 2.2% increase. And then we'll get into the H&P numbers as well. But there's some misses from trade expectations on the H&P numbers as well. Hmm. We'll get into that with Rich Nelson from Allendale coming up here in a little bit. All right, buddy, let's take a look at markets. What's going on? Well, except soft red winter wheat futures were able to hold on to mid-morning gains while hard red winter uh, and spring wheat drifted lower. Uh, spring wheat futures actually tethered to unchanged. The potential for rain in U.S. hard red country limited buying in that market. But today's late updates to the forecast moved the best rains east of winter wheat country. Corrective buying helped front month SRW futures post a low range open and a high range close. March SRW futures have formed a wedge formation. A close below 610 next week would open downside risk to the 560 area, while a close above 618 would suggest a move into the high $6 range. March HRW wheat futures three and three quarter cents lower today, 623. March SRW wheat up three and three quarters to 616 and a quarter. March spring wheat closed at 714 and a quarter. That's unchanged today. You know, Davis, normally at this time of the year, we'd be calling wheat a follower. And mm-hmm. for some reason, wheat just doesn't want to be a follower. It wants to be a leader. And this week, I think it pulled corn prices to the downside. Mm-hmm. Uh, March SRW wheat futures down 13 cents on the week. March hard red futures down 19 and three quarter cents. And March spring futures down 16 and a half. Well, March corn saw a second and a half cent, uh, excuse me, a two and a half cent trading range today. As the market posted an inside trading day, still, March corn did post a close above the opening range to help prices climb away from Wednesday's contract low at 468 and a quarter. That chip, despite back-to-back higher closes, the chart pattern for front-month corn is decidedly bearish. Word came as the markets were closing that two rail bridges on the Mexican border will be reopened to restart corn, wheat, and soybean meal shipments yeah. from the U.S., that's a bit of good news for a market that needs a dump truck of price positive news to lock in this week's contract low as the low. Next week, traders will likely turn their attention back to South American weather, but light volume trade is also expected. March corn futures a half cent higher, 473. May corn up a half cent, 485 and three quarters. July corn futures closed at 495 and a half. That's up a half cent today. Dude, it, it was closed since the 17th, the, those mm-hmm. two uh, rail bridges. And word was hitting the market today that some ethanol was starting to back up in the system that would have normally gone on to Mexico. That's how close we were to creating a real issue down there on the border with the shipment. So good news that those uh, bridges are back open. March corn on the week was down a dime. July corn on the week down nine and a quarter. Well, the first meaningful rain in weeks in Brazil's northern production areas put the bean market on the defensive today. March beans posted a more than 40-cent trading range this week with the contract starting near the high of the week and ending with a low-range close. March bean futures traded with a 12-handle for the first time since mid-October. Rains are expected to be less frequent and more scattered in the week ahead, and that could bring some buying interest back to the bean market. Less consistent export demand this week also puts sellers in control of the bean market. January beans were two and a half cents higher, twelve ninety nine and three quarters for the SAS close. March beans up four and a half, thirteen oh six and a quarter. May beans closed at thirteen sixteen and three quarters, up three and a half. Chip. March beans on the week down twenty five and a quarter. July beans down twenty seven and a half. March bean oil down one hundred and thirteen points, and March bean meal down five and a half bucks a ton. 
Well, March cotton futures spent nearly the entire week between 79 and 80 cents. March cotton today, 63 points higher, 79.76. Chip? On the week, down just 17 points. Well, cash cattle prices firmed about a dollar this week. That was the first weekly gain in cash bids since the middle of November. In response, live cattle futures traded in a very narrow range this week with little price movement. Feb fat cattle today, 15 cents lower, 168.52 and a half. March feeder futures up a dollar, two and one half to 224.40. And on the snout side, hope that cash hogs are building a seasonal low helped lean hog futures close higher today. February hogs, 70 cents higher, 71.35. The April contract up 62 and a half, 77.57 and one half, Chip. Yeah, on the week, February live cattle down 82.5 cents, but March feeders on the week were up $2.22.5. So that's a, a, a bit of a sign that we're starting to see some buying interest roll back into the cattle complex. February lean hogs on the week down 55 cents. But boy, if we can confirm some kind of a seasonal low in there, that would be some really good news. We'll go over the hogs and pigs numbers. We'll go a little deeper into the cattle on feed report. And there's a cold storage report out there, too. Rich Nelson, Allendale, Inc. is up next here on AgriTalk. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. The chickens have come home to roost. Find out whose fence they're perched on today on AgriTalk. Welcome back to AgriTalk. I'm Chip Flore. Glad that you're with us on this Friday afternoon. We are steamrolling our way into the Christmas weekend. Merry Christmas, everybody. Davis? Yeah. Huh? Oh, thank you. you. Merry Christmas Merry to you, Christmas. too. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Merry Christmas you. to us Appreciate all. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, let's bring in Rich Nelson up at Allendale, Inc. Uh, Rich is the chief strategist there at Allendale. He joins us right now. Rich, it's good to talk with you, man. How are you? Doing fantastic. Great to hear from you guys. Hope you guys are doing well as, as well. You bet. You bet we are. I got to let everybody know when I sent out the invitations uh, here a little while ago or, you know, last week to – to come on the show i said rich i completely will understand if you don't want to do this on a friday afternoon going into christmas weekend and rich's response was maybe the best that i've ever had it was are you kidding me cattle on feed hogs and pigs dang right i want to be there let's do this 
<laughs> so, that's right. Let's cram in a bunch of reports real quick right before we go on air. <laughs> so definitely, I love the challenge here. <laughs> love it, love it, love it. Okay, let's start with that cattle on feed report. What are you seeing here? So for cattle on feed, you know, the story for this uh, message for the prior six months of placements was for maybe a little too, a, a small bulge in supplies. Uh, 0.8% over last year. So we've cooled out the first half 2024 beef supply concern. But now we're feeding the bill. You know, we're feeling that that that, uh, that area for summer and early fall numbers. So prior six months, up 0.8% from one year ago. For this report, we did see a light drop, down 1.9%. And the trade was expecting about a 3% drop. So we're not quite seeing that good drop that we want to see just yet suggesting that second half story is cleaned out here yeah where are those calves coming from rich and that's the message we're kind of seeing we've got these arguments that yes we have maybe two states are kind of holding back a few heifers but the main message is this early fall rush of fresh calves as well as what's left over from last year's numbers which are obviously heavy feeders we did see a higher placement effort across the board for most of these states so in the past few months, we do have a, a few uh, cattle feeders obviously discouraged, obviously cutting back on numbers going in. But the problem is so far, we don't yet have that heifer holdback yet to really change the story in the very short term. Right. So right. maybe a few extra numbers in the short term. We will be drying up what's available, though, in the coming months for that second half of this uh, 2024 period, though. Yeah, yeah. Is it still a weather market when it comes to replacing those heifers or replacing some of the the cows that have been called you can you can probably make that argument and that's certainly the case we only have maybe two states which have seen a mildly improved discussion uh this latest forecast on thursday from uh climate prediction center they did throw in throw in a little extra moisture for nebraska and kansas over this uh, jan through feb Mm -hmm. or jan through march time so maybe that will begin to change a few stories but for now uh, that's certainly the, the main message for us right now yeah, and, you know, I, as soon as I said that, we always talk about the Dakotas and the cow-calf country out west. We can't forget how many cows are east of the Mississippi River. Now, they're in groups of 30, 40, and 50 instead of 300, 400, and 500. But there's a lot of cattle that still come from east of the Mississippi, isn't there? That sure is right. And, you know, we got to point out that they didn't have the, the heavy moisture problem, but they are drying out as it stands right now. And certainly for our discussion in these coming months, maybe they will make a change as far as maybe a little more half a retention. That's yeah. something we'll have to yeah. watch very, very closely here. I, I, I think you're right. If it's going to happen, um, the, the first sign of that heifer retention may come from east of the river rather than the west. Um we're, we're going to have to watch that closely. Okay, that's the placed in November, marketed in November. We got a, a 7.4% decline from year ago in the report today. The trade was looking for a 6.7% decline. So marketing's off a little bit more than what the trade was expected. What happened there? You know, I think that's kind of the message. You can argue maybe a little bit of weather issue here and there for a couple of these issues. Maybe uh, argue a packing plant or two did have a couple uh, shifts uh, moved around, but yeah. for the main message for that lower than expected November, November marketings, I think a lot of this was perhaps some discouraged producers still holding back for a couple of weeks. 
Also keep in mind Packers, during that month of November, they did start to struggle with some margin issues. So yep. you can argue that was a little artificially low and does give us a few extra cattle wind up here for this uh, Dece 1 total here. Yeah. But, boy, those feed yards, if they ask for anything better for feeding conditions than what they've had this fall and into this early winter, then they're just being greedy, Rich. This is fantastic. <laughs> You got to think so. And that's also showing up in the weights. You know, we, we've got yep. about an extra 0.7% added to tonnage from this uh, on the steer side. It's what, 11 pounds dressed higher than last year. So mm-hmm. we do have a few extra uh, uh, feed yards noting this performance this past uh, few months have, has been quite, uh, quite strong. Okay. Inventory on December 1 up 2.7%. Trade expected up 2.2%. Is that enough to really have much impact on the market? In the short term, it, it does simply add to what's been a, a bearish market. This is not going to be a main driver for us here next week, but we've got to point out, this is the largest Dece 1 on feed in three years. Oh. So it's completely true. We've got a tight supply in terms of general liquidation going on for what will be multi-years. But due to our slight bulge in placements recently, these feed yards are stocked right now in the very short term and will be so for another uh, three months or so here. Okay. So when you look into 2024, it, it, like you said, we've got this bulge here right now. But overall, the fundamentals really haven't changed that much for this cattle market. Supplies are still going to be tight. What, what is your thought for the cattle market into 24? 24 is going to be a two-story, really two separate stories. First half of the year, we still have a little lingering concern about the consumer demand issue. You know, we've got a 39% rise in retail beef prices over four years. So that's, that's true. And for the first half, we have solved the concerns about the first half supply issues. But I got to say, I mean, if you're throwing a bunch of extra cattle into feedlots right now, off of an overall base of cattle numbers, which is down, we certainly are going to pay for it these next few months. Yeah. And we certainly will dry up numbers quite quickly for that second half. So uh, I'm neutralist in terms of current prices for the next few months in that early 24, but second half of next year should restart with a big bang for the most, for the most part here. Okay. All right. Uh, let's run through the numbers on the H&P report. Check me on these, Rich. Make sure I've got them right. All H&P on December 1, up 0.3%. Uh, no, up 0.03%. Steady. <laughs> All H&P numbers are yeah. steady. The trade was looking for a half a percent decline. Kept for breeding, down 3.3%. Trade was looking for a 1.2% decline. And kept for marketing, up 3.2%. Trade was looking for a half point decline. So what do we make of these numbers? So the message for this report, and we're all monitoring two very clear things. Number one is what was this liquidation of the breeding herd since this last quarter? And we've, as it stands right now, producers are looking at about a $24 per head loss for, for hogs marketed next year. This year's loss was about $26 per head. So we knew or should expect it some type of liquidation. And it is true. We do have these breeding herd numbers down 3.3%. However, our concern is, is just like the last report, these are so far being offset by stronger than expected uh, pigs per litter. 
up three percent in this latest quarter. So bottom line is our hog numbers really for the next nine months, twelve months, we're going to be relatively close to last year's level. So no improving story yet that we're kind of looking for on the price side here. Holy smokes! Yeah, I'm digging. A, I am falling deeper into the report now and seeing that pigs per litter number. Wow, it, that's uh, that's efficiency in the hog house, man. That is really impressive. Anything in the forward-looking numbers, the farrowing intentions that that caught your eye? It, it is something we're watching, and, and I did expect a steeper drop in these future numbers. So, Feb, they gave us numbers down about 1.8 percent from last year. March, May, they're down 1.2%. I want to see these numbers cut by three to offset this pigs per litter issue. So, yeah. uh, yes, we are still still seeing continued liquidation, but until we get a handle on this very strong productivity, we're not yet seeing the uh, the yeah. sunrise, so to speak, on these on this price situation laid out for the second half right. of next year. Here. Right. So what's the bottom line on this? Is this bullish, bearish, or neutral? So just like cattle on feed, we'll call it moderately bearish, we're hoping for some good news on this report. We didn't quite get all the good news we expected. So that's the, the main message. Slightly disappointing in the, in the short term. We just don't have liquidation going on hard enough just yet here. Fantastic job on that, Rich. Thank you so much for doing that. That's short notice and putting a lot of thought into it in a short period of time. Now, Rich, when we come back, let's go over to the grains. Um, I want to talk about what it's going to take to turn the trade from defensive to offensive when it comes to these grain markets. Rich Nelson, Allendale, Inc. Council. Let's go to the markets page at profarmer.com and check today's closes where March hard red winter wheat futures were three and three quarter cents lower at 623. March soft red wheat up three and three quarters to 616 and one quarter. March corn futures were one half cent higher, 473. May corn up one half cent to 4.85 and three quarters. January soybean futures two and a half cents higher, 12.99 and three quarters. March beans up four and a half to 13.06 and one quarter. March cotton was 63 points higher, 79.76. On your livestock's February fat cattle were 15 cents lower, 168.52 and a half. March feeders up 102 and one half to 224.40. Peb hogs 70 cents higher. At 71.35, get more market news every market day. Just go to TryProFarmer.com. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible.
Opinions expressed on AgriTalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. We've cleared the schedule for you. Give us a call at 855-482-5524 and join the conversation. Welcome back. I'm Chip. Glad you're with us. Rich Nelson is the chief strategist at Allendale, Inc. He's our guest analyst today. You know, I said that we were going to jump right on to the grain markets at the start of this segment, but I just check with you real quick. Did we cover everything that you wanted to mention from the cattle on feed from the uh, from the hogs and pigs? And I didn't even mention the, the cold storage report. Did you get a chance to look at that? No, I sure did. And cold oh, storage, uh, beef numbers relatively right as expected. So we, we grew stocks about 9% in the month of November. Normally we add about 10. But the issue that we're kind of watching for is that pork. Uh, again, the, the, the hogs and pigs was, was disappointing for us. Same story for pork. Normally November is a big drawdown month from uh, bringing uh, pork out of stocks. We bring down about 45 million pounds. In this case, uh, we didn't bring too much out, only 22. So, yes, it was a decline, but that was the smallest decline by 10 years. So a little more negative news here for the hog side here. Rich, how is pork demand not responding to the higher-priced beef, the inflation that we've seen, and the inability of wages to keep up with that inflation? How have we not seen more pork demand come in? And that's the question. And maybe some of this also is a discussion about the hog to wholesale pork spread. You know, the fact we still have a little unnatural push down on this live animal pricing level as we maybe have a little residual Prop 12 concern and things yep, like yep, that. So yep. For now, that's the big question. Uh, retail prices are not getting hit as much as you would expect. We're only down a little bit from last year. So. Yep. This is probably a spread issue within that retail price. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, maybe maybe what we're seeing is a whole lot of influence from just less demand coming out of California. Uh, we're going to have to figure that out as time goes on, but it sure seems that, you know, a 20% increase in the price is going to drive some kind of a decline in total demand. It sure should. It sure yeah. should. And you've also got to think maybe – uh, you know, a secondary factor is, of course, the China influence. Yes. Three, four years ago, they were a number one buyer. Now they're pushed back to number five or six. You can yeah. maybe make some arguments about that as well here on, on a side issue or two. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's talk grains. What do you make of this low volume, low volatility trade as we go through the holidays? Can you trust it? That's a good question. So what was it? Uh, what's the phrase? Uh, uh, bears get Thanksgiving, bulls get Christmas. Yeah. In this time, yeah. <laughs> bears got both sides of things. Here, so <laughs> yes, they did. Lack of real strength. <laughs> <laughs> lack of strength for us. Little concern. You know, we do have a small change in the Brazil forecast. You, you can't argue with that. That's valid. You know, we're essentially just like the U.S. was in the month of June, trans- transitioning into mm-hmm. July. So this is a valid issue, but maybe on the bean side, especially, maybe we've taken a little too much premium out of this, I think, in the, in the grand scheme of the year. We'll, we'll see if next week does provide a little support here. What are you thinking on the South America, Brazil? What are you thinking on Brazil's production so far? How much is, are you under, let's start at this. Are you under 
USDA's 161 million metric tons. Yes. Okay. Uh, so here's our numbers on the Brazil beans. Okay. Uh, we're taking it simple. We've got a 2% cut due to lower acres, and we have a 2% hit to yields due to late plantings. So we've got a total of 4% hit. That gets us uh, a production of about 156.5 million tons. This week's private trade estimates were generally 153 to 160. So yeah. I'm fine with saying a, a, light, a light hit, but I am not yet ready to make any serious hits yet with the trade attention here. Okay, but I love the way that you broke down that, that uh, hit. 2% on acres, 2% on yield because of late planting. What about drought impact now and, and just lower yields on beans that were planted on time? So that's a good question. I, according to my weather models, my weather models, just they really almost ignore weather during the vegetative growth stage. Okay. They really pay attention very heavily to weather exactly during the reproductive phase and just after. And really for that, I'm actually stuck in neutral right now on taking any further, okay. hut, further cuts until we get into the month of January. That's when my weather model gets quite active and pays a lot more attention here. All right. Danielle Sequera from AgriRal was on the morning show earlier this week. She said, um, look at 2015 2015-16 yeah. for a model on what might uh, happen down there. Are you thinking kind of the same thing? I, I am in 100% agreement on, on that okay. type of issue. I certainly do think that there will be further production cuts, just like 15-16. I've got no arguments with that. My point is we can't yet ethically really start taking those hits yep. just yet until we yep. get into that reproductive phase here. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, so is, is that, is that a big enough of a concern to, you know, just kind of put your hands in the pockets here at the end of the year. And, and if you've got some old crop bean sales to make kind of back off on that and stay patient on new crop sales. I think so. And I hate to say it, but this is a, a very uncomfortable situation where, yes, we should see some price support later on. Yeah. Yes, we shouldn't panic yet about yeah. you know a change now for two or three days in the forecast. But yep. it simply does make it feel unco- uncomfortable. No doubt about that here. Right, right. Can this turn into a corn story, and when might that happen? On that one, I probably will be a little more hesitant than a lot of people that you will interview uh, on suggesting that there's going to be higher prices. Uh, I'm a little concerned that we have a heavy, heavy U.S. story, which it's going to take a lot more to really change the story there. So I'm concerned on the corn side, you probably need about a 400 million bushel hit to these ending stock numbers to really get us back into that talking about $5 price again. So I'm still a little concerned actually about more downside and especially with Argentina not having problems with the corn end. I'm a little concerned about this corn side in the, in the short term here. Okay. Um, as, as uh, me and, and Jim Wiesmeyer and Brian Grady Davis, as we've been looking back at 2023 and, and kind of identifying what what is the good news, uh, what what surprised us in in 2023. Some of the good news is coming from the biofuels industry, isn't it? Uh, you know, we had a good week 
for the biofuels with the uh, with, with the GREET model confirmation from from the Treasury Department with the E15 for the eight states, eight Midwest states moving forward. But generally speaking, it was a pretty good year for biofuels, wasn't it, Rich? It certainly was. You know, and the fact is, we put in more uh, ethanol into the into the gas into the nation's gas mix than was actually used for general gasoline. So we had a higher, slight percentage increase in ethanol in the nation's gas mix, mix compared to last year. So that's great news. Uh, heck, for the month of September, we didn't even have a drawdown in monthly maintenance at these plants. They just were running them anyway. So we do have good news in general. I I, I don't know if it's going to be enough to help us out in these coming years, but at least we can say maybe stable numbers. This SAF story could certainly uh, ease some of this lower uh, gasoline demand in these next couple of years. So that's certainly positive as well here. Yeah, yeah. There's still some uncertainty there, but, boy, the potential is is significant. If it turns in to a an ethanol-to-jet market, that's going to be a big change for us to deal with, right? It certainly will. And for what all of us who have been looking for some type of avenue to find some extra usage for this larger expected yeah. production we had this year, yeah. uh, that's certainly something we're, we're looking for and hoping for. Yeah. You know, if that takes off, and I, I mean, it, you gotta you, you got to use your imagination to get there. But if, if it takes off like they're talking about, heck, you can start talking about some expansion in the, in the ethanol industry, not just the crush industry. Uh, might be kind of kind of a fascinating four or five years coming up here for us to to keep track of okay rich as we get into 2024 and you're thinking about managing the risk on that 24 crop what are a couple of the issues that you're looking at to determine how aggressive you want to be on that risk risk management plan on that side, obviously, the, the main concern is is maybe getting some prices, which might be a little more more reasonable and, and, and hopeful here. So I guess here's where I'm kind of marketing on. I'm still having a little, maybe a little concerned about the 24 supply story as it stands right now. So with that in mind, I would be a bit, bit more aggressive than, normal, than normally on planting scares in these next uh, weeks ahead and, and stories like that. So yeah. I would look to be aggressive on the corn side, rebounds of 25 cents, 30 cents here. Uh, as far as the discussion on soybeans, I would give them a little more openness in allowing to be a little more free on these new crop uh, soybean numbers. Uh, especially as we go into this uh, January and February time frame here. Yeah, the domestic crush number. Uh, when we're setting new crush records month after month, you got to be optimistic on that, right? You certainly do, and yeah. and we have to recognize very clearly. Uh, a yeah. lot of us have been underestimating uh, numbers, and heck, USDA's four percent growth number for this year—that's also too low as it stands right yeah. now. Yeah, absolutely. Rich, I got to tell you, great job today, man. You cut through a lot of numbers in a short period of time. Thank you for doing that. Great talking with you guys. Hope you have a great Christmas. Thank you. Same to you. That is Rich Nelson. He is the chief strategist at Allendale, Inc. Okay, here we go. We got one more segment to go before we get into the full Christmas mode. We'll be right back to wrap up AgriTalk. produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, 
timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. In the morning, you're coffeeed up and you're thinking... In the afternoon, you've calmed down, but you're still thinking. We're here all day. Agritalk. And welcome to Agritalk, everybody. Your pal, Davis Michelson, here. Chip Flory is here as well. Was that new bump? Was that new bump, Chris? Might have been. Listen to that. No? No, No? no, No? It's not? That goes back to Harris. Wow, Big Apple Joe Stackler, everybody. You know what? We we don't get a chance to say it that often. Thank you, bud. Good work this week. Get, Good work, buddy. You know, um, we had that the uh, the interview with Florida Governor Ron DeSantis yesterday morning on the show. I I mm-hmm. enjoyed the heck out of it, and I really yeah. like this effort that we're that we're putting forth. Uh, but it's not easy, not easy to get those the, the candidates booked on the show, and Joe's. Joe's working on it, and uh, Joe is the reason that we had DeSantis yesterday. So, yep. good work, it's buddy. Absolutely right. It's absolutely yep. right. Um, you're smarter than some people, right, Chip? Well, some. Okay, that's. I think that'll do. Okay. I'm, um, I'm having a problem. I got a. I'm playing in uh, Olathe, Kansas tonight. Yeah. And I put the directions into my phone just to yeah. make sure I can get there. It's kind of yeah. out in the suburbs, whatever. Okay. I I like I know the first part. You know, I, I know how I want to get out of get out of the city. Yeah, it's just it's the last part of the route that I need help with. Yeah. Well, it doesn't show the way that I want to go on the first part of my route here. What do I do? How do I deal with this? See, it, I, is it I, is I it trust, possible? I would that trust I'm Siri. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it is possible that you're wrong. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. Or, but. or you can. Here's another thing that you can do. I've I've employed this tactic from uh-huh. time to time. Uh-huh. Uh, you go ahead and you ask for directions. You uh-huh. look at it, and it's not exactly how you want to get going. Yeah. So you go the way that you want to go anyway, and let that thing recalculate. Uh, make a U-turn at the next light. Make <laughs> yeah. a left. Quick, quick! You're missing it. Yeah, yep. no, I, yep. I don't know yep. if I can live that way. Go five point seven miles on. and make a U-turn. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just turned the, the phone volume down until I'm about halfway, and then yeah. turn it back up. Okay. You are on the right track. Yes. Yeah. Uh, one more little piece of Christmas uh, Christmas fun. Uh, this one's from last year, but I don't know if you caught it. This is Cassius Crypto along with the AgriTalk Men of Song with their classic holiday hit. Parmesan is well and good. 
Asiago bakes my bread. Provolone, let's have some cheese steaks. Grilled cheese, that's American. Mac and cheese or cheesy mac. You can stuff it in a sack to celebrate with you. All I want for Christmas is blue cheese. All I want for Christmas is blue cheese, yeah. And the dairy producers across America are singing a big shout out to the AgriTalk Men of Voice. I got to tell you, there was yeah. a uh, a Christmas miracle that happened last year in your absence while you were out neutering deer. Um, was it okay? So we had Ted Seifert on as the guest host in the afternoon. Yeah. Uh, and I think was it Alyssa Badger? Could have been. Yeah. Who is in a band that oh, I has all that. Like their their name, I don't even I don't know. It's something to do with with string cheese, like the string cheese incident, or yeah. something like that. And yeah. I thought, well, what a perfect time to debut this song. So I think you missed the day blue, uh, the, the the day blue. <laughs> yeah, of all I want blue. for Christmas is blue cheese. Blue cheese. Uh, so we're we're digging into Santa's bag from from last year to bring good. that one out. Yeah, good. It's a good one. It's one of my favorites. Absolutely. You know, and and uh, as a dairy producer reminded me, mm-hmm. it's not okay just to leave a glass of <laughs> of milk for Santa. Santa's needing to fuel up with a full gallon of whole milk. That's right. So set that out. Government mandated whole milk. <laughs> let's, let's swing the other direction with that. Only whole milk now. Right. In perpetuity. Right. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> whole chocolate flavored milk let's go for it let's go for it you know we've been talking about christmas we've been talking about everything that's uh that's happening out there but we're certainly not talking about a white christmas and and uh, nope. that sled ride that you were talking about <laughs> boy that's that's the definition of tough sledding well when, and uh, do- <laughs> well played the six to ten day to me i opened it up it, to yeah. me, it looks like about a 1976 Chevy custom-painted panel van with a little teardrop window <laughs> right in about Idaho. I love it. I love it. It's fantastic. Okay. Um, the National Weather Service, 6 to 10 day, December 28th through January 1, above normal temperatures over the Corn Belt. Now, you get into near normal temperatures in southeast Kansas, most of Missouri, Southern Illinois, Indiana, and Ohio. Uh, but all other areas, we're still looking at odds of above normal pre, uh, above normal temperatures. On the precipitation side, the odds of below normal precip are going up right down the Mississippi River, right where we need the water. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> we've got high odds that, that precipitation is going to be below normal uh, across most of the country. Uh, and and along the Mississippi River in particular, jump out to the eight to fourteen day. Man, this gets us deep into December or into January. It feels like this is for December thirtieth through January fifth. The near normal temperatures are creeping to the north, but we are still looking at above normal temperatures. Nebraska, Iowa, Northern Illinois, and points to the north. 
near normal temperatures, Missouri, most of Illinois, Indiana, Ohio. And we do have some below normal temperatures coming into the southeast U.S. Uh, precipitation still below normal over most of the Corn Belt. We've got some precips sneaking into the west side of Nebraska, uh, near normal in Nebraska and, and above normal in Kansas. But Iowa, South Dakota, North Dakota, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Illinois, Indiana, Ohio, Michigan still looking at below normal precipitation. Guys, uh, thank you so much for joining us today and this week. Merry Christmas to you. On Monday morning, we're going to dig into the cookie jar for some goodies that we've had on the shelf for a while. And Monday afternoon, Chris Barron from Agview Solutions. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.